Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The loveracing.nz update. Your home for everything thoroughbred racing. Visit loveracing.nz, racing's biggest fan. Stephen Hunt is standing by to kick off the next hour, well, this hour with us. So we're here through till midday. Almost forgotten how to do a three-hour show. How good is Test Cricket? I'm so glad everybody got to enjoy the Test Cricket commentary. It's uh, definitely one of the best products we've put out since we've been on air for coming up three years in June. I believe it is, or July. Uh, so this winter, um, yeah, just just magnificent. And obviously the Black Caps second test gets underway against South Africa on Tuesday. So the boys will be back then. Uh, I'll be here tomorrow until midday, be back on Saturday for a big day of racing, and then again on Monday to get you through to the Super Bowl, which we'll have live on SCNZ. So you, you can't say this, we don't have a range of sports and racing for you. Chris says, definitely Tim Pringle from Northern Districts as a prospect, and he can definitely hold a bat as well. Cheers. Good on you, Chris. Good mail. A few Pringle fans out there. Funnily enough, Pringles, the, the cracker or the chip, never really got into them. Never really got into them, personally. Just didn't do it for me. Anywho, Stephen Hunt is the big dog there at the uh, bookies desk at tab.co.nz. Stephen, nice to chat to you. How are you, mate? Good, Louis. You're talking about the old Pringles. Old Chris Pringle back in the 90s. I was a big fan, big fan. He was one of the first to introduce the slower ball too, I must add. <laughs> right, yeah, you, you, that's good knowledge. I didn't know you were a cricket man, Hunty. Because you, you, you're just, when I think of you, I just think of like, like all you do is live and breathe data and racing and horses. <laughs> Are you a sports fan in general? Oh, 100%, mate. Uh, yeah, played at the first 11 cricket, went in secondary schools when going through college. So, <clears throat> yeah, I used to roll the ball over, uh, the, 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 the arm over and, and bat a bit as well. So, But those, those days are long gone, Louis. Uh, retired in my early 2000s because wasn't paying the way, which uh, this job has happened to do in the last 15 to 20 years. But, uh, no, I love my sport, rugby, cricket, big league fan, bring on the Bears, hope they get back in the NRL comp. So, no, just an out-and-out uh, sports fan. The, the beers? No, we can't have another Sydney team unless unless they want to somehow do fulfil the the prophecy that Kempe wrote years ago and um, join half up with Christchurch, the Southern Bears. So half in Sydney, half in Christchurch, and we can share rights to them. That that could potentially work, mate. Uh, I I also note that you weren't available a couple of weeks ago because you were at Caraca, just kind of stalking the grounds, trying to buy some bloodstock. How'd you go? Uh, I didn't buy any. Uh, I sold a couple, um, which was uh, I was very happy about, very stoked about. Um, look, it was a tough market. Uh, that middle to end market or middle to bottom market can always be a bit fickle. But I think if you had a, an elite horse with pedigree, and in particular the type, they sold very well. Uh, the domestic buyers, I think, were up roughly around about two, two and a half million from last year. It was eight or nine million increase in terms of Australian investment this time round. So I think NZB have to be stoked 
the average aggregate was up from last season or last year's sale as well as uh, Louis. So oh, I just love being on, on deck there all three days. I was there for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Um, I just love the atmosphere. The hospitality is 10 out of 10. And, uh, yeah, I just love sitting and perching myself there and having the book in front of me and looking at, looking at the thoroughbreds as they go through the ring. Yeah, you're right. For that exact purpose, it is. there's no greater place on earth, I don't think. And especially when you're a celebrity like yourself in the racing game and everyone wants to, to get a photo and shake your hand. So, mate, um, because of the Karaka sales, obviously the day after the Karaka Million, it feels like a bit of a, it feels like a while ago now. But the markets we have for this Saturday, which is quite a scary nice day of racing at Tarapa for the BCD Sprint at Group One, of course the world famous Herbie Dyke Stakes at Group One for six hundred thousand um, dollars, the Alice Phillies Classic, uh, and now the Sir Patrick Hogan Hogan uh, Carapero Classic as well over the mile for those um, kind of maiden special maiden horses. Um, We've got a lot of form to digest from Ellerslie into this meet, don't we? So how about we do that and we'll kind of work backwards and then forwards all in one as best we can and people can follow along. And what we'll do is how about we start with the horses that won't be here and in particular the two-year-olds because yesterday obviously we saw a little rocket ship in Alabama last go round and she had some trial form comparable to Velocious so how did Velocious and that two-year-old Caracamillion rate for you? And in the wash-up, what have you found? I rated very well, uh, Louis. Just looking at the overall speed rating, three and a half lengths above the class. Look, there's no doubt it was a very smart performance from Velocious, considering she ran a comparable time on the clock to Crescetti and carried 10-plus kilograms more versus weight for age. So that there alone stands out around the performance of Velocious. You look back at the margins margins, and those horses that finished in behind her, look, it didn't rate as strong uh, in terms of the measures on the clock. And I have to wonder if there was something about the conditions on the day that saw the that race in particular run faster than the early 1,200 metres. Uh, but we may touch mm. on that later on. But in terms on the surface, uh, when a two-year-old runs compared on the clock to a proven three-year-old, which was Crescetti earlier in the, in the in the evening, it's invariably a seriously good performance. So, uh, yeah, she's very, very smart, Velocious. I think overall the form will stack up. Uh, I think the second horse out, the Tiakau Barn, uh, looks a really scopy three-year-old. Uh, I think they'll have a couple more runs as a juvenile, but she looks like she's got three-year-old ridden all over her. Uh, and there were some nice runs in behind as well. But on the winner, she looks very smart. Uh, hopefully she stays here and runs in the likes of the Matamata Slipper, possibly, or even the Sistem, I think it's now named at Ellerslie, uh, over Auckland Cup Carnival. Whether they head to Australia, or well, that's up to Albert Bosman and the Go Racing team. Um, oh, look, I don't think she's a slipper prospect, but maybe there's a, a Group 1 throughout that carnival, over 14, 1,600 metres for her. But she is a, she's better than your average Karaka Million winner, if you look back historically. Okay, now that's that's good to hear. I I also hope we get to see her in New Zealand for a fair. But I suspect the next time we'll see a lot of these fillies is the two-year-old. Um, yeah, it's the better better breeders, isn't it? Breeders, um, which is yeah, 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 which is in a couple of weeks. And I can only assume being the home track for Ken and Bev that we'll see Alabama last second up into that. Um, I don't know, just guessing. Uh, I, I hope we do as well because that could be some sort of fun race. I mean. 
it's hard to kind of glean too much from a small field on a midweek day, and, and it looks so impressive. I don't know if you've had a chance to have a look at the time, and, and it, I don't know if she would have melted the clock, but um, it just looked so good. So hopefully we get to see these fillies again in a couple of weeks. You know, over 1,100 metres, they don't often break 104. She ran 103 and change, which isn't far off the track record, but look, you've got to break it down sectionally, uh, and in particular in the first half of the race and the second half of the race. I haven't got, got those sectionals yet off Form Pro, but hopefully I'll get them later on this evening or this afternoon, and maybe I can put something on social media around her performance and how it rated off previous years. But, yeah, I think that's the word out of the camp, the Kelsos have said that uh, she'll head towards Maramara on her home track and race in the, you know, I've got to get this right, the Breeders is for the bo- uh, the girls and the Slipper is funny enough for the boys on that day. So she'll obviously head towards the Breeders uh, in a few weeks' time. Yep, that's right. So the three-year-olds, uh, obviously, well, we saw Crochetti. He didn't. He wasn't in the Karakamillion three-year-old. Now, he, he bounced out, and that was a pretty smart win uh, in the first on Karakamillion's night. Um he is going to take on the older horses this week in the BCD, as is Quintessa. She got her Group 1 status uh, at Trentham. So we've got a couple of three-year-olds add in Solidify as well, taking on the older sprinters, which is awesome, because we saw a little bit of this last year with Prowess and Sharp and Smart. Um, and then the other three-year-olds, the, the Phillies that we'll, we'll have an eye on, the Molly Blooms and the Mary Shans, uh, into the, the staying race, the 2,000-metre Alice Classic. So let's start with that one because, like, you referenced the, the conditions at Ellerslie. I do think there was, and I don't think this is a secret and I'm going to hurt any feelings, I do think there was a, a bit of a query on some of the footing for the horses that night and not all of them got the, the fierce crack at it and maybe didn't feel that comfortable on the surface and that'll be resolved. I've got total faith in the people there. Now, I don't know what to make of Molly Bloom's run totally, but I'm also not going to say that was a, an average performance because I, I don't think it was. What did you make of it? Uh, yeah, look, it, she just was in the wrong, uh, wrong place uh, considering how you weigh up the whole meeting, the whole car, the six-race program at Ellerslie that night. They just weren't coming back and wide and winning. There's a few horses that ran home they were a little bit eye-catching, but in terms of a winning prospect, they just weren't coming out that part of the track and being competitive in the top two or three. So, uh, look, I think the key about Molly Bloom is if, if you've stuck with her right throughout this campaign, as soon as she was debuting as a three-year-old this time in, you just earmarked her as an Oaks horse. She had the pedigree, the scope to be a 2,000-metre-plus horse, but she's managed to get the job done at the elite level at record in over 1,600 metres, was freshened up, put away a tidy field in the eight carat on Boxing Day, and then again was freshened up towards the Kanaka three-odd race again at 1,600. So again, you're seeing her progress to that 2,000 metres, which seems to be, in my eye, a sweet spot. Mm. So I think if you, if, you, if you did your chips and your money at Ellerslie in a, few week, uh, in a couple of weeks um, ago, you'd be silly to go off and knowing that she's stepping up to the mile and a quarter. Where we know the majority of these three-year-olds are in the same boat, but just on pedigree, her racing pattern, her long sustaining sprint, which she's shown time and time again, just looks to be right in her alley. It comes Saturday afternoon, Louis. Yeah, I, I just don't, I just don't want her to become one of these horses that kind of gets too far back from like a, a, what should be the world's best draw and barrier six. 
I would hate to see her cluttered up and have to kind of be ridden so cold that at Tarapa she's given them a big start, and we know that that can be pretty hard to do. It is negated a little bit by the trip, uh, granted. So I'd like to see her and Joe just be able to, to keep her. Like, I'm not saying rouse her along to stay in touch with them. If she's going to fall out the back, she's going to fall out the back. But I'd just love to see that. I agree. I think the 2000s is a sweet spot. I think, I, I think a lot of these will be going on to the derby. You know, so that they'll still be going up and through their their distances. Uh, sorry, the the Oaks, not the Derby. Um, I'm happy to be with her. I'm happy to be with her, and I, I think I'd love to see her win and I'd go towards a Vinery for Lance and Scotty before she's going to join some Australian trainers, which is a pretty interesting subplot. Yeah, that came through during the week. Uh, it was a I think a seven seven figure number to take fifty percent of the horse. Uh, so that's a lot of money. Wow. But again, she's already got that residual value uh, whether she retired tomorrow or even two or three seasons time because she is a group one winner so um, yeah look she could be targeted for many races Uh, in Australia she could be targeted towards Queensland if they want to have a quiet freshen up after Saturday or she could head to Sydney uh, Sydney Sydney, should I say for the uh, Vinery or the Oaks there so um, she's got plenty of options and when she's an older horse she could be ideally suited to like a Caulfield Cup uh, which mares have a pretty solid uh, record in. So, um, yeah, she's got plenty going for her, and uh, she's with the right camp to, at this stage, I'm not too sure who she'll go to in Australia in terms of when she's finished up the O'Sullivan Scott this time in. But, uh, yeah, she's a very progressive horse in the next two or three seasons if she's kept well and fit. Uh, we'll, we'll keep bouncing along. Just very quickly, um, a text came in and said, why is Orchestral and Molly Bloom still in the Oaks market? when they are almost definitely not going to be there. Just what's the, the default answer on why you keep horses in the market despite what, what's being publicised? Is it because trainers change their mind and you just never really know? Yeah, I think so. At the end of the day, to keep everybody happy, we just quote the horses that are still nominated officially through NZTR. If you look at the mm. nominations there for the Oaks and the Derby, they're still in there. So it's up to the connections, the owners, the stable if they're 100% guaranteed not going to take them out, uh, we just can't go on hearsay and the odd report out of the media. Uh, look, it's made it quite clear that those two are unlikely, uh, but we've got to keep them in there just for for safekeeping. But also, you've got that insurance when you're punting into futures betting, Louis. If those horses don't start in the final field market, you get a $50 bonus bet. Yep, that's exactly right. Now, I, I thought that was the case. Mate, right, let's keep moving along. Uh, let's hit the Herbie Dyke because... Um, last year, as I say, we saw the three-year-olds step up to this distance. We've got a different set of three-year-olds this year uh, going into the uh, the sprinting race. Um, this was an interesting market. Legato came through that run. Like Desert Lightning's run huge. Legato, some people have told me that she should have been ridden to keep closer. I think that's insane. I just think the horse beat her on the day, and it's no real knock on her. And it looks like you kind of tend to agree because you've opened her at $1.75, which I've got to be honest, I was pretty shocked about. I, I thought you'd give us $2 something. Yeah, look, it's, it's what you make a barrier one, right? Where is she going to finish in the map or fit in the map? Is she going to be two back rail or possibly three back rail? But $1.75, Louis, in the first, what, roughly 18 hours of trading, that definitely hasn't put punters off. In fact, she is the best back runner in terms of dollars invested. So, uh, look, I don't think we're too far off the mark in terms of an SP, $1.75. Kempin Hesse at $6.50 in that second line. Look, she's the third best back runner. We've happened to see a lot of money a game for Sharp and Smart. Uh, this looks to be no excuse race for him. The fact that he's back at his happy hunting ground, 
in terms of Tirapa, where he's unbeaten. He's a derby winner, which we know was run at Tirapa last season. He won this race last year. And he's hitting 2,000 metres for the first time in this preparation with two or three runs under his belt. So we've had a $500 bet at 8.5. He's now trading at $8. Aquacade at $9. Double figures around one bowl cat. No compromise at 16s with Skyman and Maliston is best of the rest at 31. I suppose the big dilemma, and we had this unfolded on Boxing Day when it was the Zabil Classic, is where does the speed come from, Louis? Because I just don't see any speed whatsoever. Mazzolino, who's drawn Barrier 3, has shown tactical speed in the past. Skyman, who went back to a neutral range in the Thornton Mile, you go back to his Aussie prep and Aussie form lines in the last 6 to 12 months, he's shown to be a horse that has tactical speed, could easily fit in that conversation. Sharp and smart, uh, got a sticky gait, but we know he went forward in this race last year, albeit he sat 3 or 4 wide in an aquacade, has drawn a nice alley, as well as Campanese, who showed tactical speed in the Zabil Classic, and that was the winning of the race, which basically was a glorified call and sprint. So that, that is the dilemma when assessing this race in terms of the map, is where the speed is going to come for come to up on the afternoon of Saturday. Uh, I I just think that there's an easy bet in this race, and it's Campanese each way. You can have it now and, and not be stressed, to be honest, um, for pretty much well, everything you just, you just said. you can last start, right? Oh, I mean, don't uh, worry about it. Don't even, don't even, here's thing, don't even watch the replay. Don't, I just, don't even bother watching it. It doesn't matter. It just does not matter. And, and look, would I have preferred she draws two gates in? Yeah, but here's the thing. Opie will either be one out, one back, or one out, two back. And he'll have, and he'll be off and gone sooner than Legato. And Legato's going to have to be really good to win in this sort of field, obviously. Um, and $1.75 to win versus $2.20 a place, and you can have a little bit on the nose. It feels like a bet to me. Um, it's, a, it's partly take on trust and partly take on the fact that I just think this is probably quite a hard market to frame, and you've kind of had to give punters $6.50, $2.20 around Campionessa, but you've got no choice, to be honest, because of the makeup of the field. And I just think that it's probably the play, but... That's for us to decide. You've done your part. Uh, we'll keep moving to the BCD group sprint. Now, this was an interesting market to, to, to set up. I'll just throw to you. Give, give us the, uh, the crochet element of this. And I guess the fear factor around this unbeaten galloper who just seems to every time he gets asked to do something, do it. 200%. He's, he's going to dark waters, uh, wait for age against the older horse for the first time. He's done what he's needed to do and proven himself. Against his own age, <clears throat> Louis uh, obviously winning the uh, 2,000 guineas and then obviously dropping back to 1,200 metres last start in the old Manzor Trophy when he had to carry 60 kilograms. So he drops back to 55 kilograms at the weight for age scale. I think the crucial key about him in this race is drawn barrier two. So Robert, uh, sorry, um, Warren Kennedy will have options from that draw depending on tempo from outside. Uh, but he will have options, whether he, he can lead or he can take a sit outside the lead or he can trail on the first three or four, one out, one back. So I think Warren Kennedy's got plenty of options for a horse that has tactical speed. He's got a very strong SP profile. All six starts to date as a three-year-old, the son of Zakinto has closed in the red, Louis, with a peak wow. price of dollar eighty. So those algos, those professionals out there, will keep that price very, very short. Like I say, he's been open at $2.30, Again, just a bit like Legato's story uh, in the previous race. Uh, the the, the 2.30 is definitely not putting customers off. We've, we've had a couple of four-figure bets on Crescetti, uh, Whitex, 
a little bit soft at $4.50, but remains the original quota from just assessing Crescetti and Whitehat in terms of dollars invested. Crescetti holds five times more money in the first 18 hours or so. But look, there's a lot to unfold between now and Saturday afternoon. Outside those two, Quintessa, even in the third line of betting, has been the second best bat runner at $7, and then double figures around Dragon Leap, Bonnie Last, $10 each of two, and Farrelly only has drawn well at a $12 quote. Mm. I got a huge respect around Quintessa, but I just I don't know whether this is her sort of go. I I I think there have been um, more special three-year-old fillies have a crack at this sort of thing, but I understand why they why they have a ch- throw at the stumps. Um, look, Fraglioni, she's she's in such good form, a little bit out of her depth. Bonnie Lass, the gates just so niggly. Habana too short for me. I mean, why tech and Dragon Leap? I don't know. I don't know whether like wh- what you do because Dragon Leap you kind of throw the last start out as well, um, and then he lost the plate in the first start. So what do you do with that? Opie thought he might win. Why tech? He gets Opie this time, and like, c- can he repeat that sort of performance? And and then you you point out like Crochetti just has everything going for him. Given that, I and mean, you know that's the price. It's two dollars thirty. Again, I've got sympathy. I kind of understand why he's he's that short. Just as a side note, Hunty, just having a look back through those SPs, as you mentioned. So last time he SP'd out of the, the red was $5.40 on debut when he won by three and a half lengths. Sam Spratt must have the, the most, over the last few years, have the most rides on superstar horses and then not to go on to be their regular rider. She, she rode him and won on him. She's got the velocious rap. She's got the horse, the, the filly yesterday that's just kind of jumped to mind. Hopefully she can keep one of these rides for the next few while. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. I mean, we know she had that affinity with Mufasa and rode him for the majority of his career. And just touching on Mufasa, uh, Legends Day at Tarapa for Big Butch Castles and the team. You get on course, there's some fantastic ex-horses or ex-race horses being shown on the turf there. I think there's nine of them going to be presented. Uh, I'm pretty sure one of them each race, but the likes of uh, Mufasa, the Bostonian, Sir Slick, the old boy, he's going to make a return to the races and wave to the crowd. I think Excellent's going to be a show. I mean, Excellent, when I was growing up, he, he was as good as any. I mean, you, obviously you've got Sunline, who's got the race record, but Excellent was unfortunately hurt by injury. Um, but some of his performance here, I saw him win the Trentham Stakes on three legs uh, as a four-year-old. It was a phenomenal performance uh, that day, but Look, unfortunately, injury hurt him. But just going back, if you if you're around the area of the Hamilton Waikato, uh, get down to Tarapa on Saturday and see some of these uh, vintage X racehorses. So, and that was the fire alarm that just went off in my building. But I'm okay. Right. Well, we better let you carry on then. Go go and um, <laughs> meet, meet at your safety point. Uh, good to chat, mate. Nice to get your thoughts on some of these markets and a couple of those performances going back to Karaka Million Night. And I'll leave everybody with a, a bet that I've just found in the last, which I think is, is good, and I'll give you the very brief explanation. Um, you're given $5, $2 around a horse named France or Francie, and it, it actually oh, ran Francie. about... I'll take you on there. Uh, you, oh, you will? Okay. Okay. Ran a belter against the pattern at Ellerslie last start, gets barrier one, and Opie Bosson at a very competitive weight. It's uh, it'll, it'll close shorter than that, Stephen. $5. There you go. Okay. Is, oh, well, is we'll have finance here, and you have Francie, and we'll, uh, we'll have a chocolate fish on that next week. Oh, you, you can have your 4kgs. We will. Thank you, Hunty. <laughs> Cheers, mate. There you go. Stephen Hunt, he's clearly got an opinion around finance here, who's a pretty nice type, to be fair but I'll be having Francie in that race. Let's see if we can beat him home, eh?
Uh, loveracing.nz, your home for everything, everything thoroughbred racing. That's where I do all my form. Go back and watch Francie at Ellerslie uh, against the pattern. Big slashing run into third. Um, we will have a look at these markets again tomorrow and Saturday at tab.co.nz. They are all there. Gambling responsibly, of course, R18. Gee, there's some good racing this weekend. Uh, Cam says he's here's his multi. Certainly win. Adam, I am win. RB top four. Good luck. Well, good luck to you, Cam.